to another episode of Roll or Die. Today we have for you uh, the head coach of Northern MMA. I think it's also known as Team Tonks. Is that right? Soon to be third degree, but at the moment still second degree black belt. Uh, Matt Tonkin. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Uh, Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having us. Awesome, man. I really uh, appreciate the hairstyle and the clothing choice, man. I feel like we're related today. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, keep it quite a bit harder, maybe. I know. Right? What am I doing letting down the team? <laughs> That's I it. Mean, yeah. That is a pretty standard jiu-jitsu hairstyle, you've got to say. Have you yeah, always yeah. had that hairstyle? Yeah. Uh, would you believe I was going to my very first comp in Torquay um, back when Renzo Gracie was here and I, I had hair. And I went to shave it and the clipper broke and it actually crew cutted me. So I actually had to shave it for that comp. So I had the white top and the and the red face. So I got a bit of a a bit of a pleasure for that first comp. Yeah, so it was a bit of a laugh. <laughs> and it stayed since yeah. there. Well, if we just rewind a second, Kim, you do make a horrible, balding, middle-aged man, if I ever said yes, that. Yes, that's, okay. that's right. Yeah. That's like that, 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 um, isn't there an app you can do where you can put your face on <laughs> and make yourself older? That's it. That's what I need. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. I grow job. Go try. Yeah. And you're um, AET, is that right, uh, Matt? Yeah. Um, yes, I'm with AET. I'm with Enos. Yeah. I've uh, been there since uh, Purple Belt or just after my – just probably a year shy of my brown, yeah. Yeah, right. Awesome. And what's, what's your journey been like in jiu-jitsu? Tell us a bit about that, because we don't know a lot about you. You know, we know you're a good guy. We know, you, you know, you've been around the block a lot, but, uh, you know, tell us a bit about your journey. Well, I, yeah, sticking to jiu-jitsu, like I, I do I do Japanese jiu-jitsu. That's my main forte. Um, yeah. I'm pretty high up. Uh, probably fifth, I'm a fifth degree in Japanese. And um, probably I was an orange. I think I was an orange belt, if I look back at my photos. And um, we heard the Graces were coming to town. We'd seen the UFC and we thought, we should go give this a go. Mm. I, I thought, thought of myself as a bit of a thug back then. I could, you know, I could beat anybody in a fight and I jump on How the How long ago was this, Matt? When when would this have been? That was 1995, I think it was, 1995, when um, uh, Carlos Gracie Jr. came out and yeah. we first met Sabine. Um, and I, I, I really thought my, my shit didn't stink, excuse my French, and uh, I jumped on the mats like, Nikilo guy, the best 30 seconds of his life. And, yeah, I was on the tail end of his arm bar. So I thought, wow. I said, looked at my coach, said, we've got to go at this. And he goes, go back in again. So I jumped back in again and got towed up by another little guy. So I thought, we really need to learn this stuff. You know what I mean? And Pete's laughing at me going, I was like, I was bigger than I am now. And I'm thinking, I could, I could beat anybody. A small guy can't beat me. And mm-hmm. then um, in 97, I, I took a little – we didn't do much. We sort of mucked around with Peter Devine for, uh, for probably two years, on and off just doing weekend warrior stuff. And – and then uh, Renzo Gracie came out, Hens Gracie came out in 97. Um, and I'd done a little bit of training, so I thought, I reckon I got this guy's number. So <laughs> yeah, I did challenge my fight. And again, 30 seconds into that, I was towed up with an armbar. And I think <laughs> there's a lot of toweling going on. <laughs> oh, I couldn't get it. But it wasn't just everyone was getting towed up. There was nobody in this country that could give these guys a run for their money, you know? Yeah. And then I beat and I said, Oh, you know, can I just cross train a bit? Yeah, I'm trying to get all my jiu jitsu stuff going. And then, um, 19, it was, I think it was 2001, just a bit, yeah, I came, oh, 2000, 2001, I joined um, St Kilda in BJJ, uh, 2002, I got my blue belt, and that's sort of where I sort of, I broke away from my Japanese, and we, we, we um, implemented BJJ as a main, as a main um, sort of style in our gym, as well as our Japanese, and our Muay Thai kickboxing, you know, through Bob Jones and all that sort of stuff, so mm. it sort of got rid of all the traditional sort of stuff that wasn't really working for the, the people I was training. 
And um, yeah, and the story went on from there. Um, you know, I used to train with Kim. I paid the beans. Back in the early days, we used to train together, roll together. Amazing. And we were, we were rotten white belts. You weren't even thinking, thought about that, Anton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what jiu-jitsu was. I just watched the UFC and thought I knew everything. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's, it's been good. Like, I'm still at AT. You know what I mean? I still, I still roll weekly there, um, twice a week uh, with AT. Very heavily and committed into my club as well. Yeah. Um, the journey goes, it goes all over the world. I've traveled, you know, competed you know, nationally, you know, or, you know, locally, nationally, internationally now. So it's been good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You, you mentioned Japanese jiu-jitsu. How is that different to Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Well, if we look at the history, um, the Brazilians went to Japan and um, started doing and, and, and learned the Japanese jiu-jitsu. And then there was a bit of a challenge fight, like, again, to cut the story short, you know. And um, um, Carlos Gracie challenged the head instructor and the fight went forever. Uh, something like an hour and 45 minutes with no no result. And um, and he took it back to Brazil and, and, and just pretty much you know, formulated their style of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And um, they're not taking nothing away from the Japanese. They've got their own Gracie self-defense system, uh, which is is very Japanese with all the judo throws, the wrist locks. So with my Japanese, we dominantly stand. We don't do a lot of ground fighting. And we, we call that grappling if we go to the ground. Um, and our striking's not, you know, the karate anymore. It's more kickboxing sort of, you know what I mean? So people don't punch karate orientated in the street so yeah the long probably yeah it's, it's a combination of you know like uh, movements uh locking throwing techniques uh ground immobilizations weaponry all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff but uh i think with every with every uh, martial art now you've got to have a bit of a, a branch you know you can't just be just a bjj club like yeah well, if you look at at they're just a bjj club competition but for myself as a self-defense sort of coach i can't just have bjj as a solid one like one style i've got to have striking Locking, throwing, grappling, takedowns, ground fighting, weaponry. Yep. Yeah, so it is a bit of a mix. I actually yeah. Yeah, I have this event called the Monthly Masters, right? And this guy, this Japanese jiu-jitsu guy showed up. I didn't know at the time. He just felt really yep. solid, right? He's a white, he had a white belt on because that's what he is in BJJ. And uh, so this was only a few weeks, a few months ago. So it's not like I, I haven't been around the block. I thought this guy, you know, he's my age. I'm going to be able to just do whatever I want with this guy. And he basically destroyed me. And like I like I didn't know where the application like there are there are crossovers where Japanese jiu-jitsu, like I don't I don't know how to handle him. I'm sure if you told me tell me how to handle him, maybe it'd be different. But he actually did dispatch of me quite easily. He towed me up. You know, he's obviously a very high-level Japanese jiu-jitsu guy, but yeah, he, he managed to deal with me even on the ground, you know. So tell me about must have been one of must have been one of my boys then. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a white belt than you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. It is a hard thing. Like Japanese, I found, like, you can't take a Japanese jiu-jitsu fight to a Brazilian match and you can't, like, take a Brazilian match to a Muay Thai fight. Again, Mm. you could be on the back end of a guy who's very well-rounded in in that style and, you know, we've all been there where, you know what I mean, like, I can roll you and beat you, but I can't beat Kim, but Kim can beat you. You know what I mean? Styles yeah, clash. styles make fights. Yeah, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, Matt, tell us about some of your other accomplishments. Like, you sort of brushed over them. You said you're a fifth degree in Japanese yep. jiu-jitsu. I think was, there's some other um, accolades as well under your belt too, yeah, that you've got? Yeah, I did, I, I did do my black belt through Zendu Kai as well, uh, Zendu Kai Mutai through um, – uh, I brought it – I brought it – like, when we started um, – filtering it into the like you know how we always bring outside coaches in like of course I was prepared to bean and we filtered in and we ended up with uh 
uh, first instructor was Murat, and then uh, from Nexus, and then mm-hmm. of course uh, Chris Arnott for a while, and yeah, then we cool. just moved through it. I, I ended up taking it over myself. Um, same with the, the Zindu Kai. Ross came in, Ross Purcell, uh, and he became a blue belt in BJJ, so we barred it off um, with the with the with the uh, Japanese and the Brazilian, of course, and the Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. And now we've got people like Fars, Tarashi, he's an Olympic wrestler. So a lot, a lot of styles that we teach there. Um, it's not a one. We, we wanted to be a one-stop shop where you come in and you can you know, today. If you want to strike, you can. If you want to grapple, you can. If you want to learn self-defense, and we go from five-year-olds right to fifty-year-olds. You know what I mean? So we've um we've come a long way with us, like in, in our in our area. You know, you know what I mean? Like for for Epping, there's there's a lot of people have trained through us over the years, and we're still chugging along, and that sort of stuff. Is part of the one-stop shop that they can buy bedding as well? Because it looks like you've got a bedding store behind you, brother. I had to. I had to move. I was in my lounge room and my internet crashed and I'm like, of course, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on, so Andrew, like, you're in your bedroom as well. That's Let, true. I'm in my We're trying to get more professional here, but I just can't, you know, I can't I work like lovely, this. That's, yeah, I've got my lovely wife in the background here. That's, that should oh. be like... I bet you're in the gym office and I don't know, you put so many people to sleep, you need bedding for them or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we've had the, we've had guests in all sorts of in all sorts of places. So oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You were just saying there, Matt. Like your club sounds like it's got like a a big um, as you were saying that it's a real I suppose family like environment is the vibe that I sort of get from AET. Yeah. Like, can you tell us a bit about this? We've had other coaches of AET on here and they've given us their thoughts. But what are yours around? why that is the way at AET. What's the, tell us about the culture there and, mm. and what your thoughts are around it. You know what I mean? Like Ninos has always been family first, you know what I mean? Uh, loyalty, uh, stay with your coaches, you know. He, his gym is open to anybody, any, anybody you've been there yourself. Anybody and anybody can come and roll at that gym. There's no egos on the mats. Or we're all, we've, all, we've all got egos. The moment we knock the rock, it's on. You know what I mean? And then when it's finished, it's over. You know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to put business where business is due and you've got to take it off the mats as well. Um, I don't miss training. I like, I just do not miss training because you know, I get to see all the other affiliates. I get to see uh, black belts from all other, um, other, you know, Machados, uh, interstate people come in all the time. And it's just great to just rub, you know, yeah, rub the roll with everybody. And, and it's, we've just embedded that family atmosphere for so long. And um, I, I know Ninos would shut his gym family first. You know what I mean? He would, he would shut AAT tomorrow. If um, if everyone said no, we're going to quit, and we just want family, he would say that no problem. But he, yeah. I, I don't think, he, you know what I mean? Like it's the atmosphere uh, is is brought due to the fact that, that that club exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. And we've been. Well, it's the same when I trained with Pete. You know what I mean? Like I made friends with Ninos at through Pete Devine, and our friendship became so strong that now I, I train with my mates. You know what I mean? Like and things like that. You know what I mean? And it's a lot closer than an hour and a half drive to the city every day. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah. The Bean Club is a really interesting kind of situation for me because as far as I understand it, like in the club that I'm at, we have to now, we have to, we have a technical grading for every stripe, okay? Like it's so tied down. And it, you know, I think it's great. I've never done this yet. It's a new system. But it seems like it's the kind of the opposite of Debean. There's not even techniques in the class. Somehow you just by osmosis learn jiu-jitsu and become great. What are your views on the, the various learning systems and what do you think? Well, I came, I came from traditional martial arts and then, of course, I, I ended up at, under the Dabeen system and, like, when I got my blue belt, like, I, I'd, I'd won the Pampax, I'd had something like 13 fights in one day, 
I lost my last fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I picked up uh, two golds and a silver or something like that. And I walked in the train that night. I was rolling with Dave Stocks. And he's got this big jive ass smile on his face. And next thing, this blue guy came over my shoulder. And I, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was a massive weight off, off your shoulders. You know, you've, you've accomplished something and been rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, same with the same with the purple belt. Yeah, that I, I, I pretty much Pete said to me, you know, pull guard. And I went, I don't, I don't do guard. He goes, no, pull guard. So I pulled guard for eighteen months, and I, I don't think I lost a fight as a purple belt. And I, I don't know how to, I've got not the best guard in the world. And I travelled all over Melbourne. I, I went all over. Oh, Perth, Queensland, Sydney. I just everywhere I went, I just tried it and it worked. Wow. And um, I was a purple belt. You know what I mean? And uh, mm. and that was sort of the way it was done there. And then one of my students trained with uh, Dominance at the time, and they did grading systems. Yeah, I mean they had to do techniques um, on the grading day, and then they did their free roll at the end. And and then when I I met Gustavo, who was our coach, I was one of the first guys to get graded after Ninos, and I was picked up, slammed on the ground, kicked, punched. Um, put to sleep. <laughs> that sounds about <laughs> right for Gustavo. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and like I had Minol there, Gustavo, Minos. I just had this line of black belts, and I just, I just, there was nothing. I just curled up in a fetal position and said, "When is this thing going to end?" You know? <laughs> it was, it was just like as just in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There's like clubs that run techniques. There's guys that run just, "Hey, you've done the job. Here's your belt." There's other guys that give you an absolute flogging, and I've done all three, and I'm, I'm not. Not, not, um, you know, when you get about, you go, Well, am I ready for it? Do I deserve it? Do you know what I mean? That's sort of no matter stuff. What so, the system. right, yeah. The system. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Matt, um, you've been doing jujitsu for a really long time, like you said, that um, you've got people from age five to 50 in your academy, and like I believe you've got a milestone birthday coming up soon. How no. do you uh, balance? You know the the what's the word like how hard jujitsu is on your body with getting older like what are your tips got any tips for people listening out there that are advancing in age we're all advancing in age i guess but yeah true i reckon that people need to look from the neck up and just realize that we're not just a gi in a belt you know what i mean like i hop on the mat today at t and they oh black belt but they don't look above my shoulders they just look at another belt if they can get a scalp some people like that you know they just go oh belt scalp you know what i mean Uh, where I, I, I try to give back. I try and give back. Like I, I roll the white belts and try and give back as much knowledge as I can to try and make them better and, and get the thank you from there. Mm-hmm. Um, we do we do run a master's class on a Thursday night, uh, Thursday, sorry, which is just all black belts and brown belts. And that's just, no one cares about anybody. It's just, everyone just goes after everybody. It's a good, it's a good um, like round. So it's just like, it's like having a competition for an hour. Awesome. And um, but the only advice give, like as you get older is, you know, stretch. Of course, you know, you need to stretch, you know, triage your body, pick your poisons. Like, you know, that if there's a 300 kilo bloke standing in front of you and he hasn't got an off or on button, maybe he's not the guy for you to roll. You know what I mean? And, you know, and if you're, you know, if you're rolling like a, you know, a small girl, you know, don't try and crush her. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people out there that do. Mm. And and that's how I roll. I roll to learn, I roll to help. And um, I'm just hoping that I can keep doing this until I can't do it. And I, I probably will keep doing it until I can't. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I've got. Have you got my my personal goal is red belt, and I'm I'm after that thing. I want to be like the crustiest, oldest human being on the mats. I don't know if anyone will even roll with me because like bits will be probably falling off of me and stuff. But like, like, what, is this your goal too? Do you want to go all the way? Are you try to. I think you can. I think you can in jujitsu. Like we've done a lot of the hard work now. Mm-hmm. When I was over in uh, over in LA uh, a couple of years ago, and I rolled it. Um, 
LA, LA, uh, LA Legacy, I think it was. And there was a 93-year-old guy there in a grey gear with a purple belt on. And I didn't know over there, can't actually, the, the, the low grant, like anyone below Brown can't ask, can't ask a higher rank for, for a role. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, if they're putting it, like you've got to say, hey, mate, do you want to roll? Do you want to, you know? And this guy's sitting in the corner, I walked up and I said, hey, man, what's wrong? And he goes, oh, nothing. I go, do you want to roll? And he started crying. He goes, never, oh. no one's ever asked, like no black belt ever asked him for a roll. Wow. So I rolled I just pushed everyone to the side and I just rolled this guy for like an hour. Just kept rolling him. He was 93, 93, 93, 73, 93. Something, he was really, really old. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. And uh, I just didn't realize that. So that was really good in America because if I didn't want to roll someone, I didn't have to. You know what I mean? If I, what was it like rolling, rolling an elderly person? What, what, what were they like? It was just like rolling a white belt. You know what I mean? Like he was, um, his technique was there. It was perfect. You know what I mean? Um, but of course, you know, I rolled him like a white belt. I just let him do, let him lead the, let him lead the role, and so mm-hmm. I just moved around. Didn't go for any submissions. Yeah. Just had a, had a bit of fun. Wow, that's awesome. awesome! I love that. Awesome. And yeah. Anto, did you have a story to tell of how you actually knew Matt before you met him here on this podcast? Well, yeah, no, yeah. Well, I because I have a solar company, and uh, somehow or another, I don't even know how we ended up crossing paths. Like I was calling Matt and talking to him about solar, but weeks on end basically we just that's pretty much the story but it was it's quite amazing because then you said i'm bringing this guy on the podcast and i was like i know matt I, I'm, I'm did you end up getting solar matt did 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 you end up getting- uh, uh the 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 landlord didn't it would not budge on it he, oh, there you go. Like, <laughs> he did a good job landlord was just like not not i spent too much money what kind of landlord doesn't let people put solar on their roof that's what i don't understand but there you are place like it's terrible you know what i mean but it's a good location and we're happy with it yeah you know i mean so that's great yeah. that's great awesome yeah. awesome and matt um you're a dad of um three three kids is that right yeah, yeah you're right. pretty uh involved with with your kids yeah like how's being a father kind of changed you as a person like i guess in general but more if you can bring it back to jiu-jitsu at all or how how's that kind of worked for you yeah, it's good. Like my, my kids have all trained. Like my oldest one is seventeen. He's a he's a black belt Japanese, and he's done well in BJJ. But he's a he's, he's an athlete. He likes his footy and his basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, my middle son, who I reckon could be probably he's probably the most technical minded kid here. He does he does BJJ. Um, he likes to tell people he's going to sweep him before he does it. So he's one of those sort of kids. Yeah, <laughs> and I've got eight ball in the corner like, pocket, but with jujitsu, right? It's really cool. Watch it. And he sweeps it like it's really. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. I'm gonna start doing that. That's why he rolls, which is really, really good. He's the smartest guy. He'll do the percentages. He'll tell you how much percent you're gonna lose by or win by. You know, so he's great. Wow. And then my, she still does jujitsu. Like she likes it. She likes the challenge of rolling around. But yeah, she'll probably follow more in her mother's step and go to netball. But um, martial arts is big for me for kids. It's just the confidence and mm. you know the uh, body on body and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's non-negotiable with my kids. They have to do some yeah. form of training. Yeah, just with the life life skills as well. How did you find? Like my son plays basketball as well. How did you find the transition, or not the transition, but how do you find that like martial arts benefit team sports? Did you find that? I, I found that a lot. But did you find that? Yeah, yes and no. Like I, I, I said to my kids, um, they have to do three things in life. So they've got to have like one thing they do, which is themselves against an element. So like wind, fire, rain. So I'm, it's compulsory for swimming because we live on a big island. Mm-hmm. The second thing, it has to be a, like a, a one-on-one thing. Like I know that's where I think martial arts plays a big – there's no one there backing you up. It's just you against somebody else. 
Mm. And the team, the team atmosphere I like bringing in, like football and basketball, it's, it's, it's working as a group. So they're the three things my kids do. And, and, I, and I think they've doing that, they've become better kids, you know what I mean? Because they are team players, they're not selfish, you know what I mean? They, mm. they, when they're at the gym, they roll hard, but they also teach, you know what I mean? And, um, wow. and they can all swim. <laughs> so they can all swim because we live on a big island. Yeah, we do. Yeah, no, yeah, we that, do. That's very, very good. Very good advice. Okay, um, and what about coaching, Matt? I mean, we've had so many. We've had lots and lots of coaches on on this yep. podcast before. Um, you've been doing it for a really long time. What do you think makes a good coach? What goes goes into a, a good coach? Coach, uh, to me, like um, the knowledge, you know what I mean? Like being able to have, if we're sticking with the BJJ, but having a move that you can teach someone small, medium or large and make it effective on the mats. We've probably all been there as coaches before where people have said that move doesn't work for me or I can't, my body just doesn't react to that move as best as it could. So being, being versatile, I've got, I've got a lot of knowledge. doesn't mean I can do it. You know what I mean? Like I think my roots like early in, in, in grappling was like if you've got the basics, the good foundation at the start, you know what I mean? Like you get guys walking going, I've got a really good key lock. And then I say, okay, show me. And then you don't, they can't pass your guard. Okay, well, learn to pass my guard or learn mm-hmm. to sweep me first. Or you do the submission, you know what I mean? And then go for your life, show me the submission. So we're big on that with the kids when they come in. Like we do a lot of um, like position fighting, like first person to get guard, first person to get mount. You know I mean? And they know the move. They both know the move. So they've got to fight their their life to get to that position, you know what I mean? So basics are very, very important. I believe basics are very good. Um, drilling, drilling is an argument. A lot of people say drill, 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 drill. You'll become better at the move. But then again, some people might not like the drill or the drill might not relate to the move they're learning. So... But like I always say to the guys when they finish like what we've taught, where they do their on the wall and they come in, they try try what we've done. Um, and then when you go into your free roll, try and put it into your game and always go back to your go back to your root move, like whatever the move is that you need to go back to as a safety move. So yeah, it's, it's sort of it's a it's a very hard question to answer because every every coach out there, I believe, has something to offer. Yeah. And that's why you try. Yeah. Yeah. Um MMA, like you know, with you, you essentially are a mixed martial artist, not necessarily in the conventional sense, you know, in the current sense, like Muay Thai, et cetera, but you mix martial arts. If your kids wanted to do MMA, um, you know, and take amateur fights, would you would you support that? Or how do you feel about that whole, yeah? Yeah, um, both my kids, all, actually all my kids, uh, my daughter hasn't competed yet, but that was only because she had a tournament, but both my other two have competed, uh, right. both in grappling. Striking, not yet. I'm... That's I don't what know I mean. the, the striking part, the striking part, yeah. The, like the mixed martial art, like pure, pure MMA, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think if my kids wanted to do it, I'd support it and train them as best they could and get the right sort of people in play to, to get them over the line as safely as they could, win, lose, or draw. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, of course, you're being a father, like being a coach first, it's my job to get them ready. Being a father second, it'll gut me, you know, if I see my kid hit the floor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and my wife will probably kill me. Yeah, you know I mean, so, so all, like, all the black belts I've got in the world cannot suffice, you know, a, a mother's um, passion for the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, she goes, yeah, yeah. She's watched any of my fights and she's turned her back. You know what I mean? I've been injured. I've been on the couch and she just laughs. She just laughs now. I come home and I start limping at the door. She just does the old, you know, seems. Actually, that's something that we haven't really chatted about much with many of our guests, but there are many, many long-suffering wives out there of jiu-jitsu and husbands, perhaps, of, of jiu-jitsu people. Um, how how is she with your family life 
lifestyle, I suppose, with this much jiu-jitsu yeah. and this much martial arts. Did you meet her before you started or? Yeah, yeah. I, I was doing Japanese when I first met her and she came along and just accepted that and all that sort of stuff. But she's actually a blue belt in BJJ. She's a okay. Japanese jiu-jitsu. Um, yeah. She's got injury at the moment, has, actually has to have a hip replacement. But her, her martial arts is a is her seconding, her netball is, is her life. You know, she's a she's a great netball player mm-hmm. and she did the martial arts as extra fitness work, bit of self-defense. And you know, she's a nurse, so yep. she's hanging every day. So but she she's done, she does the martial art or did the martial arts. So she un, she understands it and accepts yep. it pretty much. You know what I mean? So it's great. It's yeah. great to be able to but she is my kryptonite. I can't beat her. I just can't beat my wife in a fight. You know what I mean? And then she just and it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> you get no, that's true. You've got extra <laughs> you can never learn, brother. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's really important to convert your partner into that's what that's what Kim did. You know, that's she what I did. Converted a powerlifting yep. partner into a BJJ fanatic, you know. And, uh, and now he's a blue belt as well. So yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. And what else, what other tips would you give to people? Like what have you discovered upon your journey that you think you, like, okay, let's say someone comes into your club, they come to your, your first class or whatever, they're not necessarily a beginner, but like what, what do you like to get across to people? What do you find important in the journey of teaching people about the martial arts? What stands out? Well, first, first thing with our gym is egos and heroes don't walk in the door. We, 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 we cut that out really quick. That's why we give them like a bit of a trial before they join. Um, yeah, we don't want any heroes in the gym. Uh, egos, we're all, we've all got that problem on our shoulder when, we, when we're on the mats. Mm. But um, uh, when, when, when guys join our gym, we sort of we get a gut feeling. A lot of the instructors get a gut feeling. So I've got, I've got really good instructors at my gym. Doesn't mean they're the best fighters, but they're, the, they're probably the best instructors I've been around. And, mm. and we, we, we talk a lot. It's not like it's my decision and my decision final. It's We all discuss like people and say, oh, you know, that guy doesn't suit our gym or yeah, we need to work with that kid or we need to work with that guy a little bit longer. And, yeah, we just probably the best thing that we can do with those guys is, like, give them a shot because sometimes it's just an attitude adjustment and two seconds later they're good, you know what I mean, or you put them in their butt and then they're good. You know what I mean? It's either <laughs> one. one way or another you correct people and, and have them check their ego and their hero-ness at the door and just come to learn. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very true, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, jiu-jitsu certainly is a very humbling, humbling activity. What about on the other side of it, Matt? What would you say to someone that's struggling? Like, particularly, it, it's very common around blue belt, you know, where people just hit that wall and they just want to give up or they they can't sort of see the light for all of the beatings that they're taking or they just feel like they're not improving. What, what would you say to someone in, in that situation? Well, we've all seen that chart, haven't we? We're like white belts and punching bags for blue yeah, blue belt's a bit white. Yeah, we've all seen that chart. It goes all the way up to black, and then when you get to black, you're a white belt again. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's like a plateau. You know what I mean? Like I, I went, I've been to all my instructors. You know, I've been to Pete, I've been to Ninos, and said, "Mate, I got beaten today. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just going downhill." And the best advice I got from both of them was, "You're probably at that point where you're either going to go up or you're going to quit. So you need to make that decision now whether you're just going to go home, regroup, come back tomorrow with a fresh, you know, like a fresh gear, as they say, like come back tomorrow and hit it again and see how it goes, and then." I get, I get a lot of my guys in the gym like, you know, I mean, I'm crap. I got beaten today. And I go, but what were you doing? And they're like, oh, I was trying that move. I go, well, you don't know that move. So that's maybe why you lost. Mm. But you, you've got to gut through. You've got to gut and gut, gut through. You know what I mean? I've got, um, we had one guy in our gym. We all went to comp. We all went to Vicks. And had the 11 of us, 10 of us won medals. And he didn't. He didn't win a medal for like nearly 18 months. And he's probably today my best fighter in my gym. 
by wow. far. There will be yeah. you know, he he's won umpteen medals now. He's he's only he's a purple belt two stripe. I think that's a, just is it the same rank as you, Anton? No, so, Anton outranks him. He's the three. Oh, Anton. Oh, Anton. <laughs> you probably well, still well, beat me though if he's as good as uh, he's. <laughs> <laughs> He went, he went from nothing to winning everything. And I've got a couple of white belts in my gym now. And, yeah, we, we use comps as a bit of a stepping stone, like as a drive. Like, hey, guys, you know, you've got Pan Packs coming up or you've got Vicks coming up or Nationals coming up. Aim for that. Try and win a medal. You know what I mean? And, yeah, things happen from there. That's how it used to go in the old days. So I sort of still use that a bit. You know what I mean? So I think it's like Buchecha or someone, I don't know, who lost yep. every single comp they were ever in until Purple Belt mm-hmm. and then went on to destroy, you know, like every comp. They've never won anything at a, at a comp ever. Like yeah. it happens even with top-level grapplers that they perform really badly in the beginning of their journey. And, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. knowing when to quit, if you're ever going to quit, would be impossible, really. It's just something you got to hang in there because you never know when this stuff turns around, do you? Yeah. Very true. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> And any final? We're nearly out of time, but do you have any um, any final parting words of wisdom? You've you've given lots of words of wisdom so far, but any any last uh, thoughts? I just yeah, like it, it, it's it's a uh, BJJ coming to this coming to Australia. It's it's opened more friendships in martial arts and outside than any other martial art I've ever done. You know what I mean? It's yeah, I used to do a strike. I used to strike and. Yeah, it's really hard to punch someone in the face and go have a coffee with them after. But, you yeah. know, being on the end of an armbar where my, my shoulder's wrecked, I'm in a sling and the guy's buying me lunch. And, yeah, we, we, we've all been on the you – know, I don't know, it's just a different culture. You know what I mean? I think it is, you know, even though it's – you're both trying to absolutely kill each other, which is really, you know, it's, it's very – it's a, it's, oh, it's so hard for me to explain. It's so unique, you know what I mean? It's, it's an emotional thing too. Like, mm. I've never cried in any martial art ranks in my life. I've got – you know, when I got my uh, – I think it was my, my brand belt. I just broke down. Like it was probably the, wow. the big open my grading. You know what I mean? It was just, you know, crossing over bridges and things like that. You know what I mean? And mm. yeah, I, I think that, you know, meeting people like yourselves and yeah, and you still see people at competition and you know, we thrive to go to like Pampax and Vicks and Nationals mainly to catch up with all the other guys. And there's, you know, we do our job, we, we bash and hit each other and then we go home. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I agree, man. That's a really powerful place to end. It's like, what a, what a martial art, what a community, and, yeah, it's, there's nothing else quite like it. Yeah, yeah. and that sort of stuff. But, uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing you guys are doing too. Like, I, I, like I've watched all the podcasts and, you know, and, and I watch you guys, you know, give a lot of people some crap and they give you a lot of crap back. <laughs> Mostly I just give Anton crap. Come on. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a and he deserves it. <laughs> Uh, well thank you so much for giving up your time Matt and um, we will have this out in a couple of weeks if you could share it um, on your social media or with your students that would be awesome because I know you've got a lot of students and it would really help grow our audience so yeah whenever there's an AUT coach on it's always one of our high rating ones because you guys are awesome you've got like heaps of students and um, come listen love that cup I need that cup. I just like this. This is sponsorship missing right here. I got to get something. Yeah. Done. Anyone out there listening? Give oh, us a give us a yell. Actually, anyway, there we go. Here we go. Roll the dough. That's right. Oh wow! <laughs> we'll have to get you one of those stickers, Matt. We've got we've got the limited edition only for the guests. We only had yeah. a couple printed, but um, anyone listening out there that wants to sponsor us, uh, we're wide open, ready, ready for a, for a sponsor. So thank you once again for all of your time. Good luck uh, 
to your students, although not against absolute in comps. Make sure that yeah. uh, our absolute team can still get some wins. And, um, yeah, look forward to seeing you either on the mats or at, uh, at a comp soon to come. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Very man. nice. You're a rock star, buddy. Catch you soon. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll give you a call later, man. I need to buy a new doona as well, so I'll give you a call. <laughs> He'll try and sell you some solar. <laughs> Don't answer. <laughs> right. um, see, see you guys. guys. See you well. Bye. 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 Bye.